Hey there, boo. I see you, I hear you, I feel you. You're invited to join me, Amber, your host on a journey of embracing a life of intoxicating abundance. I'm so fulfilled by sharing conversations that initiate you to release judgment and deepen your connection with passion. With this podcast, you will find inspiration to awaken the magic of your desires, build confidence as you expand into leadership, and manifest purposeful wealth in all of its forms. We are going to talk about the energetics of all things money, menstruation, and manifestation. Because your ability to accept and receive money is in direct proportion with your level of self-confidence, and your yoni transmutes this confidence. So if you're a witchy woman excited to enrich your life with wealth, womb wisdom, and woo-woo shit, then you've been divinely guided to let go of the distractions that are stopping you from embracing your role as a leader of integrity and confidence. Stick around, boo. Are you ready to be confidently you? Hello, Confident Soul. Welcome back to another episode of the Confidently You podcast. My name is Amber, and it is my mission to make witchy women wealthy. And I am super excited about this episode because I want to talk about authenticity. I've been wanting to make an episode, fuck, it seems like six months now. (laughs) It seems like it's been about six months that I've been wanting to talk about this topic of authenticity, but... There, I was lacking, I was lacking a piece of inspiration. And it wasn't until today, at the day of this recording, um, I happened to have a spontaneous visit with a cousin of mine. She came over and we had this really great chat. And she was explaining to me about um, some dating, the dating scene, and how she really struggled with the conversation aspect of getting to know somebody. So she's struggling with this idea that, you know, every time you meet a guy, there's the conversation phase. You gotta, you gotta have, you gotta get through that stage in which you, you know, get to know each other. You talk about your past, you talk about your interests, you know, the whole shebang. So she was telling me about this and how she's just saying that men are so boring and that she wishes that she could get past that stage where you just get to know somebody. She wishes that she could just dive into the part where, can we just skip to the part where we're like madly in love and ready to get married? Like that sort of thing. Like that's the part that she's ready for. And I had to say to her, and I like, I I of course said this to her with tender love and care. (laughs) I was saying to her, you know, the reason why you're attracting men that are boring is because you're not living authentically. And she was like, what are you talking about? I'm, I'm authentic. And I was like, honey, there is a difference between living unfiltered versus living authentically. And she had like this light bulb moment go off in her head because she realized the difference at that point. She was like, Amber, you're dropping the truth bombs. (laughs) And I was like, yeah, you know, it's my life purpose. (laughs) And so 
I, you know, when I, when I say this, what I mean is, and we're going to get into this with the episode when we talk more about authenticity, but ultimately when, what I was saying, so this cousin of mine, she's very loud and obnoxious and definitely like that true epitome of a person who is like unfiltered. Like she just blurts out the first thing that comes to her mind kind of thing. Often, uh, Often, which goes against sparing people's feelings, that sort of thing. And to her, up until that moment that her and I had, to her, that's what it meant to be authentic, to have no filter. But there's a difference. Because here's what I see. When I, you know, because over the years, especially the past two or three years since I've really been getting into the world of energetics and I've been, I've become more aware that, you know, I'm meant to be an observer and that I really see people. So I've really been stepping into that. What I've been observing of her is that she, you know, around certain people, especially people that she doesn't know, especially men, she doesn't feel comfortable sharing her emotions and like truly sharing what's on her heart, sharing what she really feels, being vulnerable with people. So yeah, she'll be loud and obnoxious, she'll be boisterous, and she'll be fun, and she'll be social in when the setting is appropriate. Like, you know, she'll she she has no no fears about inserting herself in social situations and being a social butterfly, but she does have an issue with with being vulnerable and authentically connecting with people. And so naturally. She's attracting people who are the same. <laughs> She's attracting people who are not ready to be authentic. And anytime she does meet somebody who is authentic, it's like it's a little bit too much for her. It's like, oh, like I wasn't ready to hear that. I wasn't ready for you to really share with me what's on your heart because I don't do that. <laughs> right? So she keeps attracting these kinds of people. And I said that the moment that you start living more authentically, you're going to start attracting people that are more interesting to you, that do match you on that energetic level and match you on that emotional level, match you in what are your core values, because that's a great way to bond with somebody is sharing values. So it's only at that point when you're willing to be authentic that you're going to start attracting those people. So I finally had that that bit of inspiration that I needed to cultivate and get this episode started. I went for a walk with my dog after um, after she was over, and it felt really good to be out in nature and uh, get a few of my thoughts out as I was preparing for this episode. So let's talk about what is authenticity. What is preventing you from achieving authenticity? What are some of the consequences? Um, of when you're not living authentically and what can you start to do to get to that space of authenticity? That's what we're going to talk about in this episode. So let's start about what is authenticity? What does it mean to live authentically? I define authenticity as living as your whole higher self. It's about having self-awareness and enough self-awareness that you can observe the conditions that you were exposed to. You can observe what 
psychologically and physiologically conditions you and you can either choose to take in that conditioning because perhaps that conditioning nourishes you so for example like there's definitely forms of positive conditioning that you know we've talked about conditioning a lot on the podcast and there's definitely like positive forms of conditioning like for example learning manners (laughs) learning to say please and thank you like I would consider that to be a positive form of conditioning So you get to be that observer when you are living authentically because you know who you really are and you get to observe, okay, yes, this is conditioning that I want to take in, that this is that I want to receive, or you can choose to be a screen to that conditioning and to, and to have boundaries around it, around it essentially. So it's about really understanding who you are on an energetic spiritual level even a physiological level so really understanding who you are and connecting with your wholeness and expressing your higher self so let's talk about what authenticity is not so it's not authentic for you when you live life through the lens of your disempowered conditioning And that some of the ways that you can tell a person isn't living authentically, um, as an example, a person who isn't living authentically is somebody that speaks over people or interrupts people in conversation, like chronically, I'm saying, when a person chronically interrupts or interjects in conversation, um, this speaks to having a fear of not being seen. And people not really, people not hearing your perspective, people not, um, people not um, accepting you and including you and giving you space to belong. So that's what that looks like. You know, that's one form of conditioning and how that manifests. So talking over people because you're actually afraid that people don't really see you for who you are and that the only way that you fit in is to talk over people, to get yourself heard, to fight for your voice to be heard. So that's one example of disempowering conditioning. Or going back to the example with my cousin would be to to repress your emotions, to deny the emotions of your human experience. Because in order for you to feel like you belong, we've been taught so much in our society to to shy away from our emotions to suppress our emotions to deny them don't cry in front of people right so it, we've been taught that in order to feel safe and in order to belong and to have worth is to suppress our emotions right that's a form of conditioning um, I invite you, if you are still struggling to connect with the concept about what is conditioning, I forget the episode number, but um, it's called Overcoming the Fear of Ghosts. I talk about conditioning in that episode a little bit further. So let's talk about how we even obtain these disempowering forms of conditioning. So when you're living life through the lens of your conditioning, I want to stick with the example of emotions. I really like using the emotions as an example um, because I think it's something that a lot of people can relate to, the idea of um, having to suppress your emotions. So we're going to use that as our example throughout the rest of the episode. I've just decided. (laughs) Okay, so we gain these types of conditioned responses. Um, So the the hiding of the emotions. A person obtains that response or takes on that kind of conditioning because this is actually a trauma 
response. So what's really interesting about trauma um, is that, you know, unfortunately in our society, when we tend to think about trauma, especially with the generation that came before me and all the generations that came before my generation, I'm a millennial, but, you know, all the generations that came before, when they tend to think of trauma, they think of it as being like some sort of big catastrophic form of trauma, like a natural disaster or a really big car accident or a death in the family, right? So they they tend to understand trauma as being this big impact, but especially at what I've been learning inside of my trauma-informed coaching certification is that trauma is not, first of all, trauma is not an event. Trauma is your perception of an event. So that is a huge big thing to note, first of all. But it, but trauma is also not just about, you know, big catastrophic things that happen, but it's also the absence of stress. So it's not just the presence of stress, but it could also be the absence of, uh, absence of a core need. And that's actually where I believe a lot of our childhood developmental psychology comes from, or at least that, like that's what I'm learning about inside of my course, is that a lot of childhood de- developmental trauma is actually not about the presence of a big stressor, it's the absence of a core need not being met, and that being a perpetual or a chronic thing that happens for a long period of time throughout childhood. Because humans have um, core needs. And those core needs, of course, we have um, the core need for material resources like food, water, housing, education, healthcare, money, etc. Like we need material resources, but we also have psychosomatic needs. We also have psychological needs, including the feeling a se- feeling a sense of safety, feeling a sense of belonging and feel and having a sense of dignity or worth or value and this is because humans are social creatures we are literally wired in our nervous system to seek connection with others and safety belonging and dignity are necessary in order to have fulfilling and purposeful connections with the humans in our lives. And so these are core needs. Your nervous system requires you to feel safe, belonging, and dignity in order for you to get to a state of thriving, in order for you to express your authenticity. I'm realizing now I need to expand a little bit further on my definition of authenticity. As I'm talking right now, I'm realizing, okay, I feel like there's some parts that I missed. (laughs) There's some parts that I missed in my definition. And it speaks to having access to authenticity, feeling safe in authenticity. Because when kids are born out of the womb, when a baby's born out of the womb, all it is, all it knows is authentic. And we accept babies as being beautiful in their pure state. And that's really what authenticity is. That baby hasn't has not yet been tainted, has not yet been conditioned outside of utero. So it's been conditioned a little bit in utero based on, you know, the health of the mother, but for the most part, we've got this beautiful blank slate which means that you're really getting this pure, beautiful human in its form, in its authentic form. And authenticity is literally magic. Authenticity is magic. Authenticity is one of the most potent forms of beauty. And beauty is something that is not seen, it's 
felt. Beauty is felt. And in order for you to feel safe in expressing that beauty or in order to be able to tap into the magic of that beauty, you have to feel safe, you have to feel like you belong, and you have to feel worthy enough in order to tap into that energy, tap into that beauty, tap into the magic that is your authenticity. Often young in childhood, at some point you learn that it isn't safe, that you're not good enough, that you're not worthy enough, that you're not valuable enough, that you don't belong when you express your authenticity. You learn that it's not safe to be you. Because when you were, you learned that when you did express authenticity, that you didn't achieve a sense of belonging, a sense of worth, and a sense of safety. Childhood is that we adopt what's called a character strategy. And character strategies are these conditioned tendencies that manifest from us going into protective reactions. So I'm sure you've heard of the protective reactions that humans have, like fight, flight, freeze, as well as appease and dissociate. So these are the five different types of protective reactions that humans um, have programmed into their evolutionary biology. This is not something that you learn. You don't learn these protective reactions. You learn to go into them, you know, when you are, when your core needs are not met or when they're denied or when they're absent, but the actual reaction itself, your body knows how to do that. And your body is doing the absolute best that it can with the tools that are available to it at the time. So it's really important not to judge yourself if you find yourself going into these protective reactions because it serves, it served or still is serving a purpose for you at this moment. So it's really important to honor that and be able to look at that side of yourself without judgment. But this is what happens. So when your core needs aren't met, when you aren't taught, when you're taught that your authenticity is, um, isn't safe, doesn't belong and isn't enough, you adopt character strategies that manifest through those protective reactions so that you can achieve that safety, belonging and dignity. So let's go back to our, um, emotional example. So at some point you learn in childhood, maybe you're having a nervous breakdown when you're three years old or four years old or five years old, you're learning that you're that, or pardon me, so you're in this like emotional state, but then your parent doesn't know how to regulate you. Your parent doesn't know how to, how to let you process those emotions. And so they tell you to stop crying go to your room, do X, Y, Z to like try to get you to calm down instead of allowing you or really just holding space for you to have those emotions and to be that co-regulator for you in your nervous system. Most, a lot of parents have not been equipped to be able to do that. And so what happens with the child is a common one with emotions is to go into that appease protective reaction. So people-pleasing dimming ourselves down or minimizing ourselves in order to achieve that sense of safety, belonging, and dignity. Because our parents are the primary people, especially when we're young children, those are the primary people that we build attachment with. And so we need to feel safety, belonging, and dignity 
from our parents. So often it's that our parents are our primary caregivers, are the first people that we are going to learn how to build these character strategies around, especially with emotions it's going to look like that appease, uh, appeasing, or at least in my experience, especially with women, that, that is something that I notice a lot. Um, is to minimize their emotions and then but emotions are energy and emotion they have to go somewhere and they unfortunately get trapped in the body and eventually manifest as being emotional immaturity or something that I am particularly fascinated about is how that manifests as money symptoms I'll talk about that further in another episode ultimately what that means is that you know if a person um, has been denied access to their emotional intelligence, then they're going to be emotionally immature and they're going to use money as a tool for emotional release because they haven't learned how to authentically allow those emotions to pass through them and to gain the intelligence that's available to them through listening to emotions, to witnessing themselves in your emotions. So these protective reactions become conditioned tendencies and then all of a sudden this child not only minimizes their emotions when they're around their parents, but soon this is going to be a, this is going to develop into a neural pathway, into a habit, because this is something that happens continuously, right? Generally speaking, after one time, a child isn't going to minimize their emotions, but over time, this is going to build a neural pathway, and that's going to become the habitual response, the conditioned strategy that the child is going to take on and develop this character strategy in order to fit in. And then what happens is that this is going to get linked to what's called a somatic tension pattern, and it restricts your energy flow. So depend, every person is going to be different. A man by the name of Kellerman, he published something called Kellerman's Emotional Anatomy, which shows you how um, how a person has uh, somatic tension patterns often which is linked to you know high stress events but even just like what we're talking about now like suppressing emotions how that can physically manifest in your posture and that's called a somatic tension pattern so often another way that this could create a tension pattern in your body is in your sacral energy so it could also be in energy hotspots in your body um, restricting that energy flow which means that your energy is not moving optimally and you need to work that energy out you need to do embodiment practices so that you can free up that restricted energy and allow your energy to flow further this stuck energy is called sequenced traumatic activation and sequencing is going through uh, it means to sequentially move the trauma outward to the ends of the appendages of the body. So you've heard me talk about rage dancing. You've heard me talk about shaking or therapeutic tremoring, whatever you want to call it, and how that's been one of my favorite embodiment practices. That's called sequencing. It's about moving the trapped energy or the sequenced traumatic activation in the trunk of your body, which is basically the crown of your head, to your pelvic floor. So the activated trauma that's in your body, it's sequentially moving that out through the through your extremities, through your fingertips. So that's an embodiment practice, is moving that energy outwards. But anyways, I digress. We'll talk about more about solutions in a hot minute. But ultimately, you have likely learned a character strategy, which means that you haven't been living authentically. 
And this is reducing your potential because the only way for you to achieve your potential is to tap into authenticity because when you are living life through the lens of your conditioned responses, through your conditioned tendencies, through your character strategies, you're probably not doing work that truly lights you up. You're probably not living a life that truly lights you up because that appeasing protective reaction and the character strategies that you've built upon these this appeasing protective reaction has a massive domino effect on your life. So in order for you to achieve a sense of safety, belonging, and dignity, you've probably taken certain paths in life that have deviated from what you've authentically desired and pushing you to use energy that is unavailable to you or doesn't belong to you. And this leads to a cycle of burnout. Also to mention, when you're living through that protective response, your nervous system is activated in the, your parasympathetic nervous system is activated and um, you're pushing and living off of adrenalized energy. You're not tapping into that dopamine energy. So this means that you're using fear as a motivator and it's keeping you in a cycle of burnout and you're not feeling fulfilled and you feel like you're lacking purpose. So if you feel like you're lacking purpose, if you aren't experiencing prosperity, if you don't feel like you've tapped into your personal power, I'd take a look at these the character strategies that you've built. And that's leading to the secret ingredient here is that you haven't been living authentically. You've been silencing your inner power to receive your basic needs, but the receiving of these needs is unfulfilling And it doesn't build self-esteem. You're going to have a false sense of confidence. And these conditioned tendencies take you out of rhythmic integrity of your body. So some of the consequences, I guess that's speaking to a consequence, you know, what are the consequences of being taken out of rhythmic integrity of your body? Well, it means that all of your core needs that you've been striving to achieve your whole life, that safety, that belonging, that dignity, and your material resources, all of them have been met conditionally. I want you to hear that again. Your core needs have been met conditionally. Let that sink in for a hot minute. Your inherent needs, if they're they're only conditionally met, which means your potential is only ever conditionally met. Your personal power is conditional. Your prosperity is conditional. Conditional upon your character strategies. And ultimately, you're using more energy. You're wasting precious energy living life through the lens of your character strategies. Now, that's not to shame character strategies or to judge character strategies but if you recognize if one of your character strategies is not serving you or if it's in fact limiting you in your life that's when we need to reevaluate and start looking at this from that trauma perspective how have your needs not been met so the solution in order to connect with your authenticity is to cultivate self-awareness. And this is why I absolutely freaking love 
my program, Money Menstruation and Manifestation, the 28-Day Method. Because MMM is a tool that helps you cultivate that self-awareness. It includes offering you your menstrual cycle as an energetic blueprint so that you can come back to your infradian rhythm and get connected with your natural bodily rhythm and flow so that you can start conserving energy and devoting your energy to your zone of genius. But also... I include human design inside of MMM, so getting even more individualized to help you connect with your individuality and using these tools to help you decondition from those character strategies, from the stories that have told you that it's not safe for you to take up space, that you don't belong, or that you're not enough, to help you get away from those stories or to rewrite those stories. So it's really about, ultimately, what I am explaining to you is about using the tool of energetics. So I use the tools of energetics both inside of MMM as well as inside of my one-on-one coaching. I use the tools of energetics to help you come home to yourself, to come back into that rhythmic integrity. So that's the first step, is self-awareness. Be honest with yourself. Be honest with yourself when you are having these conditioned tendencies. I'm going to invite you to check out the episode, um, I think it's episode 34, uh, the nine energy centers of human design. That's going to be a really helpful episode for you as well as um, episode 12, talking about cycle syncing 101. Those two episodes are really going to be helpful for you to come to connect with what it really means to be you and also offering you tangible examples to look out for in which you might be living life through the lens of your conditioned tendencies. Now, the other key ingredient that is necessary here is courage. When you've been living life through the lens of your conditioning and you've been adopting these character strategies that taught you that it's not safe to be you, it's gonna take courage for you to witness yourself, to witness yourself in all of the discomfort, what it means to be you. Because let's be fucking honest here, it's not all sunshine and rainbows to be a human. We are on this planet to experience a wide variety of emotions, sensations, and experiences. We're meant to be dynamic creatures, and it's not all happiness, but It is all beautiful. So when you can have the courage to witness yourself in what it fully, the full scope of what it means to be human, that is another powerful tool to bring into connecting with your authenticity. It's having radical self-acceptance in having that courage to witness yourself and be willing to take responsibility for whatever you notice shows up for you. And if you need some guidance in this process or need a fellow nervous system to borrow, you need someone to hold space for you as you learn to witness yourself in your authenticity, I am all here for that. That is why I've offered a one-on-one coaching package to pair with MMM called Embody Your Wealth Coaching. Because I want to be there for you. I want you to have that support 
as you learn to come home to yourself, as you connect with the magic of your authenticity. I love this definition of magic that I heard on a podcast um, by a woman named Solveig Barrios. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. She's the founder of the Mayan Wisdom Project. And she defines magic as a technology to work with source energy. And your authenticity is your most potent form of energy, your most potent form of magic to connect with source energy. And the closer that you get to to authenticity, the more valuable you become. Because your authenticity is your purpose. Money is attracted to purpose because purpose holds value. Your Your authenticity is more valuable the closer that you get to it. Look at the example of, say, Egyptian cotton, right? Egyptian cotton is valuable versus, say, regular cotton 40 thread count sheets that you buy from Walmart, right? Egyptian cotton is more pure. It's more authentic. It's more in its whole form. Coming back to my original definition of authenticity is that connecting to your wholeness. Your authenticity is more valuable when it's whole. Same with Egyptian cotton. Same with water. When we have pure water. Same with same with gold or minerals or even organic groceries. We place a higher value on items that are more of pure substance, that are of authentic substance, like silk too. Like all of the, I can think of so many examples of what we hold higher value to things that are pure, of wholeness. And you are no different. You are no different. Your authenticity is so valuable to you And it's only when you can connect with your authenticity that you open the door to prosperity, potential, and personal power. Einstein is often credited for saying that if you judge the intelligence of a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it will live its whole life believing that it's stupid. And this is because the fish is trying to live inauthentically. But when you accept the fish for where it's at, accept the fish in its authenticity, suddenly this gives way to genius. Suddenly we are able to see the genius that prevails in that fish. Look at how it can swim. Look at how it can do, oh gosh, I don't know what the hell goldfish can do, but <laughs> but you start to be able to see all the powers that are available to that fish and you are no different. So in summary, there is a difference between being unfiltered and being authentic. Authentic is about living as your whole self, your higher self, that inner child, that inner child that hasn't been disconnected from themselves yet, that hasn't forgotten who they are yet. It's about remembering who you are. It is so safe for you to take up space. It is so safe to express who you are and to belong. And it is so safe for you to claim your worthiness. Your authenticity is magic. The more you connect with your authenticity, the more valuable you become, 
the more money you're able to attract into your life. This is your purpose, to live authentically. Your purpose is not what you do. Your purpose is who you are. Money is attracted to purpose because purpose holds value. Connect with your authenticity. You find your purpose. You find prosperity, potential, and personal power. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. This has been a true joy and a treat for me. And I'm so fucking blessed that the synchronicity happened for me with my with my cousin and that I, this episode was able to flow out of me in a synchronistic way. That is my absolute favorite. So thank you so much for listening to this episode. And I look forward to connecting with you. Um, I look forward to connecting with you in the next one. Bye for now. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. Each message that I share is enriched with expansive, passionate, and purposeful energy. If you felt awakened to your evolution, please pass on that energy by downloading, subscribing, and sharing on your favorite social platform. Click the links in this episode to enroll in the Confidently You freebie library and subscribe to the Confidently You email list to receive updates about the podcast and all of my offerings. And be sure to follow at confidently.amber on TikTok and Instagram for more daily and easily digestible messages that awaken your inherent abundance. I'm sending you so much love and gratitude, and I look forward to sharing more with you in the next episode. That's it for now, boo. Now go make some fucking magic.